Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And on the podcast today, men, would you introduce yourselves? Yeah. Rob Spikeser, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Knorr, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. Well, we have a listener question today. Got an email um, this past week from one of our listeners asking us um, what the Christian worldview is on suicide, or what does the Bible teach about suicide? Now, um, you can already tell this is going to be a pretty serious topic. Um, parents, if, you've, if you're listening to it in the car, you, you might want to uh, use discretion there. Um, and as we step into this dip, um, difficult topic, first off, it's one thing to just teach what the Bible teaches. Mm. It's another thing to do that pastorally, because mm-hmm. usually when we're asking, when someone's asking about suicide, it's because a friend, a family member has committed suicide, or maybe someone is having suicidal thoughts and they're struggling with suicidal thoughts. And so we w- want to acknowledge right away that this is a um, sensitive topic. I think it's kind of, the biblical answer is, is pretty clear, mm. but it's a, it's a pastorally sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to tell everyone, um, I, I would just say right up front, we're not going to give you a one-size-fits-all answer mm. for every single situation. There isn't one. Um, because you're going to get into, and, and, and I think most of the time, because we are searching for some kind of certainty, instead of being okay with some of the mystery that God gives us, mm. that pastors err because they don't want, they don't want that mystery. Mm-hmm. And so, so what do I mean? When I, I'm coming at this. So some pastors would say, if you commit suicide, that's murder. The Bible says, thou shalt not commit a murder. So if you commit suicide, you're dead. Or you're dead. And you're going to hell. Like you are eternally lost. And that makes it very simple for them. It makes a very simple answer for them. And then some would say, well, and maybe even preaching uh, at the funeral of a, of a person who's committed, sui- committed suicide, they would just say, well, God is gracious and God is kind and God knows. And, and basically they lay it out in such a way that they'll preach the funeral as if they know this person is in heaven mm-hmm. right now. And I think both of those approaches are wrong. Mm-hmm. And one of them seems more empathetic and kind and pastoral, but it's not if it's a lie. Yeah. If, if it's not it's a, if it's a lie. And so... We're gonna wait, so we're gonna step into this topic here, and and know that that we can't. If you're asking this question because your cousin committed suicide, we cannot definitively tell you mm-hmm. where your cousin is is spending eternity. Right. Right. We 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 can't tell you that. Um, what we can tell you is that murder is a sin, right? And 
killing yourself is a sin and that um, it should be avoided and obviously we you know we sh- we should we should not do it um, but Rob are we saved because we are sinless what what saves us not committing sins is that what saves us no it's uh, that's the beauty of the gospel the gospel is is that uh, uh, it's really Christ's righteousness. He was the one who did live that, uh, the, the right life, the life that God had demanded, demands upon all of us. He lived that. He lived that out. Uh, he lived that out with, in the context of temptation, in the context of heartache, in the context of poverty. Um, you begin to think about all of the things that lead people to get to places of great despair. Well, he, he, he went there. I mean, he went deep. He went in deep into despair. He, he felt the darkness of yes. despair unlike any human being. Yeah. Even those in Auschwitz, yeah. mm. Jesus felt a deeper, blacker darkness yeah. because he was sinless and he took upon the sins of the world. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, that was a necessity to make him... Um, the proper sacrifice, if you will, uh, on the cross for our for our sins, because we have a limit. You know, we we all have a, in a sense, a sin limit, and uh, we we give in to temptation. Uh, we can all uh, in this room admit to this uh, with no problem, and uh, and so the test, the learning of obedience that Jesus had to go through, had to go through these gr- deeply dark places, and yet. He went through successfully, so that when he did go to the cross, he went there, um, being a, a perfect sacrifice. Took God's wrath for what should have been ours; He took it for us. And so there is where our hope lies: Him being resurrected from the dead, knowing that the Father was pleased and satisfied with this very sacrifice that He had made on our behalf, mm-hmm. on the behalf of, uh, of of us who, yeah, go through these dark deep, dark places, and came out the other side of victorious. And so if we rest in him, there's where our, there's where our hope is. Yeah. Um, I was reading, part of my uh, Be Thou My Vision is a daily devotional mm. that I've been reading, and it's a ta- kind of a daily liturgy, and part of it, you, you go and look at um, some catechisms, and I was in the Heidelberg Catechism, and it talked about some of the benefits we receive from Christ, and one of them was an eternal righteousness. An eternal righteousness. And I don't think I'd ever hmm. saw those two words together. And it just it clicked for me in such a way that when Christ gifts me or credits me with his righteousness, it is an eternal righteousness. Yeah. So it's, it's a righteousness that's not my own, it's an alien righteousness that can never be lost. It's gonna go on in, into eternity. Hmm. So the question is: can I lose an eternal righteousness? No. By definition, yeah, no. Right, no. If it's yeah. eternal, it's eternal. Yeah. And so if a believer has put their faith in Christ and they have been and they have received that eternal righteousness, they are truly saved. And that person were to commit suicide. Let's say they had you know, some of those some sometimes we know my my liver can quit working. 
my lungs can stop mm. working. Like, guess what? Parts of my brain or my mind or whatever can quit working as well. I can have physical impairments, mm-hmm. you know, um, is it called C, like CTE, right? Is that what it's called? CTE, mm-hmm. like the, tr- tr- or is it, I don't know, traumatic and TBI, TBI traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can have diff- different things that actually modifies the, f- you know, the physical nature of your body that, that your brain no longer works right. You can't manage emotions. You can't manage di- different things. We can have those things happen and, and, and it can change how we feel, how we behave, how we react. And if a person in that situation commit suicide if they have the eternal righteousness of Christ they are still saved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when Christ died for their sin he died for that sin yeah. as well yeah. now pastorally and just as wise Christians we have to be careful with this because mm-hmm. you, you, you tell that to a person and, and a person who's maybe you know, barely Christian or a very immature Christian, and they're going through a, a great difficulty. They might they might say, kind of like like Paul said, except make the opposite conclusion of Paul. Paul was like, you know, is it better for me to go and be with the Lord? Well, it's better for you that I stay here. So Paul's in such difficulty and such you know hardship that he he's longing to go be with the Lord, mm. but he knows it's better for them yeah. if he stays right. And so there can be immature Christians and, and Christians who, who are just struggling, who can kind of think, it's just, I'm just going to end my life because it's, it's better to go be with Jesus. And we, we would have to be wise and caution, and caution them against it mm. and counsel them against it and say, no, one, that's a sin against God. You are made in the image of God to destroy his likeness by killing yourself is a sin against him. And it would, it's going to hurt other people. It's going to hurt the body of Christ, it's going to hurt your family, it's going to hurt different people. So so we want to be, like I said, we want to be wise. Can Christians commit suicide and go to heaven? Yes. But do all Christians who think they're Christians and commit suicide go to heaven? We would say no. They don't. Person was Just because a person was raised in church and then committed suicide does not mean that they went to heaven. Just because a person professed faith as a child and killed himself does not mean they're going to heaven. So we have to be very careful mm. when, we're, when we're talking about this, we're talking about this subject. Mm. And, you know, the, the question naturally brings up, um, you know, the topic of mental illness mm. and ment- mental health um, brain health. Um, and it, that, that is a topic that we would need to talk about in, in multiple other podcasts. We don't have time to do it in this podcast. But mental health is not simple. There's nothing simple about it. There's nothing simple about the human person. Like we are body, we are soul or, or spirit, right? And we have... There's, and those two things work together and they're a lot of, and with, with our emotions, you know, going on in there. And so there, there are a lot of ways, um, things can go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and there are sometimes the problem is lack of faith. The Bible says that, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety, 
Um, if you're not properly handing, handling your anxiety through faith and doing what scripture tells you to do, um, you can have a- anxiety flare-ups, right? And you can be really anxious and get really depressed and things go really poorly for you. Mm-hmm. But is all depression and all anxiety a result of lack of faith? No. Sometimes it's just circumstantial. Like you're going through an awful, an awful season, right? That, that, um, Jesus didn't sin when he was sweating, anxiously sweating drops of blood in the garden, Hmm. right? That was not, that was not sin. Um, and so we have to be really careful when, you know, we can just say, oh, just believe, believe the scriptures more brother or believe the gospel more brother and you'll get out of this depression. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's just circumstantial. This is just a very dark, dark season. Mm -hmm. Some, and then on also sometimes it's, it's physical. Sometimes something we, like I mentioned before, something breaks in our body. Mm -hmm. Something is not, whether it's hormonal, whether it's, um, um, what are the different things that go on in our brain? I can't... Neurotransmitters. Yeah, neurotransmitters and um, chemicals and all kind of... I have no idea, but all kinds of things that are mm-hmm. way above my pay grade, um, that that could be... Those things could be off too and, and causing us to be mm-hmm. depressed or in a dark season. Yep. So we have to be really careful. But we also can't be afraid mm. to give someone biblical counsel. Yeah. You know, Kevin, you are in biblical counseling right now, getting your biblical counseling degree, Mm -hmm. how are you guys approaching mental health? Yeah, so just exactly like you're saying, you know, um, Scripture calls us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so looking at that and examining, helping people to probe into those things, to ask those good questions and see, is this an effect of the fall? And if so, how does how does God's word speak to that? How does God's word help um, bring some light to those dark seasons? Because like Charles Spurgeon struggled with depression his entire life, you know, and it he was didn't never have enough faith. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, if Spurgeon didn't have enough faith, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. right. We all are. <laughs> yeah, and so just just asking those good questions because there is always some way that Scripture can speak into it. It might not. God might not necessarily take that depression from you, but he is a God who meets us where we are. And so always by looking to the cross, we can um, help set down some of that burden. Yeah. This is important to talk about because right now our society is operating from a non, an unbiblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just think we're, we're, we're sacks of meat. Yeah. And everything we do is a consequence mm-hmm. of our neurons and our brain and things going on. So if you say, I'm anxious, that basically puts a protective shell around you mm-hmm. where that is that anxiety is almost a sacred thing now mm-hmm. that cannot be, you cannot say something like, well, you know, like what, what's causing this or what, or like get into it. Like maybe it's a lifestyle choice. Maybe it's something they've done. That's actually causing this. That's to victim shame. Mm -hmm. That's to hype. That's to, to to heap burdens on a person. And so you really can't even help a person. Mm -hmm. The only answer is medical, Mm -hmm. right. Or, or counseling or something, something along on the other lines. And if a person says they're anxious, then you just have to back away Mm -hmm. 
And if they're maybe even they're they're sinning, they're they're getting drunk or they're smoking a lot of weed or they're doing all they're 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 responding to their anxiety in sinful ways, yeah. that's totally fine because this is a sickness they have. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a sickness they have and they're medicating it in in this way and you yeah. can't even call that into into question. And it's that's unbiblical yeah. and and we I mean Christians we can't give into that into that worldview. Um because we can't affirm someone who's sinning, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, yeah. and sometimes that sin is a lack of faith. Sometimes that sin is just responding to a season of depression in un, un, unhelpful, yeah. you know, ungodly, ungodly ways. Maybe isolation or the use of pornography or mm-hmm. all kind of different soul-damaging ways. So... We understand that the human per- we can go wrong in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of the fall, right? So we are cursed. Creation is cursed. There's the noetic effects of the fall that affects the way that I think. Mm-hmm. We have an enemy who whispers lies mm-hmm. into our mind. And so sometimes if a person's depressed and they're hearing those lies from the enemy, a Christian has to respond by speaking truth. Yeah. That's not true. That's not true. God loves you. Jesus mm-hmm. died for you. These these types of these types of, of things, yeah. right? And in some situations, medicine is definitely can definitely be a, a blessing from God, right? It's it can definitely definitely help people in those situations. So, what do you say to the person that like has all the faith, but um, some of the behavior is like showing that they need med- medicine, but they're saying that they they have faith, like God's gonna fix it. God's gonna do the work. What do you say? To, what do you say to that person? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and this is where the mental health. I, I would say there's two things that we want to be thinking of. One, there is a mental health kind of stigma hmm. out there for some Christians, um, where if I have cancer in my body, most Christians are not going to say, "Well, I've got faith. I've got faith. I've got faith. I've got faith." If the doctor's saying. No, you need to change your diet or you need to have chemo or whatever. They're going to probably listen to their doctor, right? But many Christians, if if you have a mental health diagnosis, bipolar, schizophrenic, something like that, they're going to correlate that to something spiritual. Mm. That, no, I'm under spiritual attack or this is a d- demonic or this is something like that. I'm just going to have faith. Now... Again, we're walking a very tightrope. We're walking a tightrope here because the mental health system in America is still relatively new mm-hmm. and not for not too long back, and I think they still do electromagnetic therapy on some people, shock their brain to get ECT, them yeah. yeah, to get them to change. And now they prescribe all kinds of medicines. And many times they prescribe these medicines not knowing how they're going to affect this mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And they don't have a, like a physical diagnosis. They can't go in and see something wrong in the brain mm-hmm. and then therefore give you medicine. They're just going off of their judgment. You mm-hmm. feel this, you feel that. How, what does it do? Oh, I think it might be this. And they're going to start prescribing things and just kind of throwing it against the wall to see if it works. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... And many people have had horrible, negative um, reactions to that kind of 
diagnosing, that kind of medication. They've walked around, maybe people that were very friendly, very bubbly, very, you know, exuberant personalities. Now all of a sudden they feel like a zombie Mm -hmm. and they can't get up off the couch or they can't get out of bed in the morning. And so they just throw it out and say, nope, I'm done. I'm never, Mm -hmm. never taking that medicine because I'm not going to be that type of person. I'm just going to trust God with Mm -hmm. it. So I want to acknowledge that the mental health field and system in America is very new and is very broken. It's not always that helpful. Um, But at the same time, there are medicines that help people. I I know them, very depressed people, um, suicidal, that they, if they take their medicine, that they're not, and and it genuinely helps them. So, we, I don't want to, you know, all mental health, you, you just need to have more faith, mental health, med, all that stuff is just, yeah. you know, of the world. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But it is, it is not, not simple and it's very messed, it's very yeah. messed up. And I would, I would definitely counsel a Christian. Are you, are you first off, do you understand the gospel? Yeah. Are you practicing the spiritual disciplines? Mm-hmm. Are you taking silence and solitude? Are you reading the scriptures? Are you in community? Um, are you preaching the gospel to yourself? I would, I would go there first. Yeah. Right. And then, because like, if you're just one of the, one, one of the, the signs of anxiety today is, or that you're addicted to anxiety is that you scroll your phone all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you just can't stop scrolling your phone. And so if, if you're doing that and you're anxious, then what you should, what you need is a fast. You need yeah. literally to fast from your phone and from social media and from these things. And you need to go outside on a walk and go in the woods and you need to go on some prayer walks mm-hmm. and you need to pray and you need to learn, learn how to pray and spend extended mm-hmm. time with the Lord. Like yeah. that, yeah. that's what you need. You might not need medicine, yeah. but if you're doing these things and it's still overwhelming you, then that's, I would say when you, you need to go and, and, start meeting with a counselor. And usually most people don't go and meet with a counselor until they're in crisis situation. Mm -hmm. And if you're in crisis situation and you're having an anxiety attack, they're just going to try to save your life. Right. And they're just going to throw medicine at you Mm -hmm. because all they care about right now is that you're not going to wind up in the psych ward or you're not going to wind up killing yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to kind of preemptively um, you know, practicing soul care, mm-hmm. mind, will, um, uh, mind and emotions, and, our, and even our body. Because if you're eating junk food all the time and you're not healthy and you're not mm-hmm. working out, that affects your soul. Mm-hmm. That affects your mind. So for the person who claims Christ, mm-hmm. it's kind of clear that they still have issues, even though they're they're trying to walk by faith and trying to Walk by faith. I, I would just hopefully have a would have a relationship with that person, and I'd say, "Hey, brother, I'm seeing some signs here of some things that do not seem to be mentally healthy mm-hmm. in your life, and I think it would be good for you to see a psychologist, mm-hmm. right, um, or psychiatrist." Why do you think so many people are afraid to like talk to those people? Because I feel like mental health and everything is a real thing, and a lot of people need to be able to you know talk to a counselor or whatnot and be able to walk certain things out. There's, there could be all kinds of different reasons. There could be stigmas and, mm-hmm. and different things, but there's also just like, I just feel like I'm pretty normal. Everybody's like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And psychiatrists, psychiatrists and psychologists 
are not easy to find, especially not Christian ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are overwhelmed already. It's already hard enough to get into them. Yeah. Many times, we, have, we maybe our insurance doesn't cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got... There's all I, there's all kinds of, of mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons. I ain't got time. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of different reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm trying to think if any other objections or any other things that would be be coming coming questions asked in regards to this. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing that's encouraging that, that we can find in Scripture is um, well, I was. I'm, got my Bible right on my lap here, and Psalm 88 is, a, is an amazing psalm. Mm. It is probably the darkest psalm. Well, it is the darkest psalm. It is the darkest psalm of all the psalms. But the encouraging thing about that is the fact that God, God, this psalm writer wrote what God knows, and that is that God knows those dark places that we have mm. in our lives, and that, that we, he can meet us there. And I think there's there's hope in that. And then going back then to Christ again, and knowing that he was, you know, it's amazing how he had to learn obedience. I just find that so fascinating in, in Hebrews when it says that Jesus had to learn obedience. He had to learn obedience to be on on mission all the time, on the Father's mission all the time. And and that also did mean he had to be tempted, and he had to go through uh, not only just the uh, you know general temptations of sin itself, but also just these these dark things that that uh, this broken fallen world. I mean, it's been interesting how we've hit on a number of things. We've hit upon the mind. We've hit upon kind of our, our spirit, obviously, and, uh, and emotions, wherever whatever that piece is yeah. called, and and then uh, and then just outside circumstances. So you know, you think of they always talk about the different stressors in mm-hmm. one's life. You know, that you know you, you move is a, is a stressor. You change your job is a stressor you know you begin to think of some of these these different major stressors and these all happen because of brokenness or fallenness the sin around us so there's there's a number of ways of which you know uh, sin has so infected you know everything uh, around us uh, but by the grace of God and by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, God can get us through these get us through these places and the and these dark places in Christ he went there and he came out successful and uh, so we can we can rest in him and rely upon him ultimately there's so, so there's from hope there's real hope yeah. and you know that's a big that's a big yeah. piece when we're talking about suicide the big piece of suicide is people become hopeless yeah. and to give them hope is the first step towards then giving mm. you know maybe moving in the right direction it's just yeah. there, there's hope in Christ yeah. You know? When you when you read that scripture, you know Christ had to learn obedience through the things that he suffered. He had to learn how to be emotionally mature mm-hmm. and spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. And emotional maturity is vital for life mm-hmm. because if you are what is emotional or emotional immaturity is reactivity. Mm-hmm. So a stimulus comes into your life and you react to it. Yeah. It could be a bad, it could be good, whatever it is, but you react instead of respond. And if you have emotional maturity, like Jesus developed, great thing, you know, losing Lazarus, right? His own impending crucifixion. Yeah. These things that would cause most of us to literally lose our minds Mm -hmm. and become just a puddle on the ground. He marched right into it. Yeah. Right? He had to learn how to do that. 
it wasn't just because he was God that he could deal with stress and anxiety. It was because he was learning obedience. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's so important as our kids grow up that we're putting difficult, putting them into difficult situations and we're putting weight and responsibility on them Mm -hmm. where they're literally being developed. Their, their, their soul is being developed. Their self-control is being developed. Their emotional maturity is being developed. They're not out of control. And like right now, like, you know, TikTok and YouTube and all of this stuff is just people being out of control and getting paid for it. Right. And so very few people can control their emotions. And, and so if you are a person who's emotionally immature and then something awful comes into your life, you will be more susceptible of being out of control. I have a friend of mine who lost someone uh, really close to him, and he he came to faith uh, a couple years before that, and things were going well. And then, when this person passed away, in his words, he 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 lost his mind mm. for about a year or more. Mm. And he told me just recently that he that like he can see now. Like I was trying to say, hey hey man, I know this is really difficult, but Jesus is here in in here with you. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't hear any of that. It was just his emotions completely dominated his thinking, Mm -hmm. dominated his soul. He stepped out of the spiritual discipline, stepped out of Christian life. Just, just his emotions and grief just took over his life. And now years later, he comes back to me and he says, Hey man, everything you were saying in those moments were right. I was just too emotionally immature Mm -hmm. to receive it. And I did, like he said, legitimately lost my mind. Like grief overtook me. And this is why we need to be being uh, matured emotionally. We need to be dealing with hard Mm -hmm. things scripturally and spiritually and taking them to God in prayer. And this is how we're meant to function. Mm. Right now, if we just go through life like everything's great and we don't do the hard work of developing us spiritually, becoming spiritually and emotionally mature, when life awakens us to the reality that it's this hard, we won't be ready to handle it. Hmm. We won't. And I'm seeing kind of an epidemic of college kids and younger kids who are saying things now when things get difficult. Maybe grades are difficult, maybe they've got a job, and then maybe let's say their parents get a divorce. Those are all, those are very difficult, difficult things, right? But those are all things that are relatively normal to life. Mm-hmm. They're awful, but they're relatively normal. But what I'm hearing for the first time, and I've been doing this now for like over 20 years, I've been in ministry with 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 youth and, and adults. I'm hearing I just can't handle it, mm-hmm. uh, and literally shutting down yeah. emotionally, physically, can't get themselves out of bed can't go to school anymore. Like I can't have this conversation. I have to stop calling a timeout and just they, they've said sociologists are saying that we've always had a, a fight or flight mechanism, but something has changed mm-hmm. in the past 20 to 30 years. They're, they're adding a new F and it's called freeze mm-hmm. that fight and flight kept you alive from a bear, you know, or whatever an attacker. Freeze would get you killed, mm-hmm. but in our in our digital world, 
we, we're, we're being attacked digitally and we're being attacked visually and we're being attacked by so much advertisement and so many ideas that we've reached some kind of mental overload. Mm-hmm. And now some people are responding to that stress and that anxiety by just freezing. Mm-hmm. They're just done. I can't mm-hmm. do anything else. And they'll just veg out and watch Netflix for, for a day. Mm-hmm. And then ho- hopefully they'll be, they'll be back a day, a, day or, a day or two. As Christians, we have to do the hard work of becoming emotionally mature now mm-hmm. when, when the stressors aren't in our life. Yeah. You know? and, that, and the only way to do that, it's the same way to develop, the only way to develop patience is by waiting. The only way to develop emotional maturity is by walking through difficult seasons with other, either in your own life or with other people, and walking with the Lord and learning how he stays present with us, mm-hmm. and yet he never gives himself over to our despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never says, oh, it's okay, just go get drunk. He never says, oh, it's okay, just abandon your family. You're going through a hard time, just, just walk away from God. No, he stays near to us while, in a sense, separate from us. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, you, you're losing your mind, but God's saying, I'm not losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, Jesus said this, he says, he knew what was in the heart of man, so he never gave himself over to man when he walked this earth. So he was compassionate, he was engaged, he was relationally present with people, but he did not let them control his emotional temperature, his spiritual temperature, right? So, um, I know we're probably coming to a close, but I mean, what did you say to the person that maybe like, didn't Jesus like do a suicide mission? Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Mm. Uh, no, um, he did not do a suicide <laughs> mission. That, he was not a kamikaze. No. That, that <laughs> just kamikaze in here. And then, um, but he had to give up his life. No man could take his life. Mm. He had to give up his life. Mm. So this was an, a, the plan of the father. The son was in agreement, but he allowed himself to be killed by the hand of lawless men. Yeah. yeah. Right, and so that is that is different. Just like Scripture says that um, true love would, you know, a good man would possibly lay down his life for his brother. So if I saw you in the street and a bus was coming about to hit you and I pushed you out of the way and I died, that's not suicide either. Mm. That's not suicide either. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so the topic of of suicide is. It is biblically clear that it is a sin and it is wrong and we should avoid it at all costs, Mm. but wisdom teaches us to not use, you know, kind of one-size-fits-all answers for every situation. And so, and then with the mental health topic, there's a lot, there's a lot there that we could go into. And so hopefully we've helped you. Let me just say this too. So if, if you have a friend who's committed suicide and they didn't know the Lord, I mean, that's, that's brutal. Like that's very, that's very, that's a very difficult experience to walk through. Now, especially if you have regrets over maybe not sharing the gospel with them or not inviting them to church, um, you know, that's, that's tough. And we will want you to take that to the Lord and take that to your fight club or missional community leader to help, to help walk it out. But it also should. It also teaches us the the severity and the seriousness 
of life and that we should take, we should not take anything for granted. Any relationship we have, we should not take for granted. Yeah. And we should be bringing the gospel into all of our relationships and inviting them in, into to know Jesus Christ, yeah. the only way that they can have eternal life. And I think this whole podcast we talked about, I mean, we focused on other people. Um, what's the good news and and what should we tell people that are maybe thinking of suicide themselves? Yeah. Well, the good news is like, like Rob said, that Jesus has went through similar, not just Jesus, read the Bible, read the Bible, read yeah. the Bible. So many people think there's something wrong with me. I feel this way. I feel so dark and, you know, things feel so dark and I feel so depressed and I feel so hopeless. There must be something wrong with me. In one sense, yep, it's the fall. There's something wrong with everything. There's a crack in everything. Yeah. But read the scriptures. You see, look at David, like mm. David. So David is an example of how his own sin brought about his own, his depression mm -hmm. because he sinned against his wife and he sinned against God and he got another man's uh, wife pregnant and then he murdered the man, and then God required the life of his son. Like, his son died because of it. And David, I mean, went in a deep, dark spot there and just couldn't get off his bed crying the whole the whole time. And then he writes Psalm 50, and you know, once the prophet Nathan comes, he writes Psalm 51, and, and, he, and he trusts the Lord in the midst of that, that, that darkness. So, Every believer will go through seasons of, of darkness, the de desert seasons. Uh, the, the, the Puritans called it dark nights of the soul. Mm. Every Christian will deal with some of them sometime. And this is one of the ways that God pulls the things of this world out of our hands. And he sometimes can just be peeling back eternity and showing us the wickedness of our own heart, showing us the brokenness of the world, mm -hmm. and wanting us to go to him. Like, look, read Job. Read the book of Job. Job is, you know, Job's got to be one of the darkest books in the in the entire Bible, right? Yeah. Family, fam, his, you know, lo loses all of his kids, loses all of his, basically all of his, you know, um, animals and house and riches, and his own wife is saying, just curse God and die. And he refuses to do it. Yet, even though you slay me, yet will I praise you, you know, is what he says to God. So God is teaching us something in that dark season that, that well, why would he do that? That seems so cruel because it's the only way to learn it. Hmm. There's no other way to learn it. The only way, when God is all you have, you'll realize that God is all you need. Mm -hmm. And that's the only place, you. that's the only time you can ever learn that. So, if you're in the midst of this dark depression, understanding that it's scriptural, understanding that it's ordained by the Lord that, it, that for your own good, that He's in it with you, and not just in it with you, but the Holy Spirit is in you, and He's going to strengthen you, and He's going to make you able you know, you're more than a conqueror, right? Through Christ who gives you strength. And so you can live through this. You can come out on the other side mm -hmm. and you don't know what five years from now is going to look like, right? So trust the kind providence of your father, mm -hmm. that it, he's, he's working things out for your good and you're not even aware of it. And 
in one sense, just like the Navy SEALs in training camp, like their instructors are breaking down their bodies in order to build them up again into something different. That's exactly what God does. Mm -hmm. He breaks us down emotionally, spiritually, physically, in order to rebuild us up ultimately with new created bodies where the pain, C.S. Lewis said, the pain that we experience now, once we get to heaven, will work itself backwards and make heaven more enjoyable, mm. make heaven more beautiful. Yeah. So, and, okay, so I'm going to say all those things I just said, remind yourself of the gospel, practice the spiritual get disciplines, don't think you don't need time away, you don't need to go for a walk, you don't need time in nature, you don't need meditation, prayer time. We all need that. Jesus needed it himself. You do too. Mm -hmm. Talk to a Christian counselor. Talk to your fight club. Talk to your pastor. Call your pastor. And and you might need to get might need to see a psychiatrist or psychologist as well. Mm -hmm. So all of those things um, is what I would recommend. That's good. All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground in 41 minutes. We probably um, you probably have a lot of questions on this. So if you've got a question, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com or at rob at sacredcitychurch.com. We'd love to follow up and answer those questions. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. <laughs>